Hey, babe. Yeah. If I were a cat, I'd spend all nine lives with you. <laughs> well, you only have this one, so make it count. Only one? <laughs> oh, man. Cats really do have it made. <laughs> To Love Uncovered, a podcast that pulls back the sheets to look at love from different angles. I'm Robin Wilson, and together with my partner Phil, we'll examine different themes around love. Hey, honey, welcome back to season two. Ooh, we're doing different seasons. Is I that mean, how, okay, <laughs> we might as well. We haven't done one for a year, so sure. Yes, it was the off season. Yes, we did Not that on laziness. purpose. <laughs> <laughs> totally on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. So what have you been up to in the last year? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, how many holidays and vacations do we have to recap here? Let's all, you know, who, who out there wants to hear uh, a written a, an oral, oral account of our vacations from start to finish? <laughs> yeah, exactly. A verbal slideshow. And there go our two subscribers. <laughs> Bye-bye. It was nice knowing you. Yeah, it was a nice run while we had it. <laughs> oh, well. It was good though. We had a we had all we had some ups and downs. We won't go through everything right now, but we had some ups and downs. Just trust us. We had regular lives where uh, stuff was good, then stuff was bad, then stuff was good again. Kind of like life. I mean, the biggest thing that I would say for the last little while is we've been fighting over the fireplace. Oh, that's that's not just the last little while. Are you kidding? I mean, it's it's current. Well, I mean, it's current because it's winter. So, yes, we're using the fireplace, and one of us wants it on every second of every day. Even if it's 26 degrees in the house already, doesn't matter. Turn it on. Me. And the other um, is sane. No, the other one is just constantly too hot because you eat too much salt. <laughs> right? Deny it. Uh, well, it is true. That is allegedly <laughs> the, the side effect of eating too much salt is that you always feel hot, and which I always do. Uh, well, and frankly, I always think you're hot anyway, so. Oh, um, man. Oh, I wish I had a good comeback for that. That <laughs> makes me. It's like when you don't buy somebody a gift and they buy you something. This is what I'm experiencing right now. <laughs> oh, you got me there. I'm sure you'll make it up to me. I'll find a way. I'll cook so, dinner. So, in our inaugural season two podcast, uh, we're going to start off talking about a romantic comedy movies, rom coms, rom coms as they're called in our fast paced society. The kids don't say full words anymore. <laughs> You're losing people here. Damn it. Off to a terrible start already. Oh, it gets better from here, folks. <laughs> keep Just keep listening. Trust us. So we're going to look at some of our favorite rom-coms over the years. I, I'm very interested to hear what yours are because we have not shared each other's lists here. We have not. This will be a surprise to all of us. And hopefully we, it doesn't end up as a big <laughs> because we picked the exact same couple. <laughs> but let's let's roll into it and see. Let's roll into it. Do you want to go first? No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> I guess I could. I, I think for me, I've got a few listed where that came to mind to me. Let's just say like rom-coms are not my go-to necessarily. It's not my my type of movie of choice. But, you know, of course, like everybody else, we watch the occasional one. Right. Um, the one that really comes to mind for me, uh, Forgetting Sarah, Sarah Marshall. Ooh. I, I enjoyed that one. And not just because Kristen Bell is in it. And that is a good enough reason on its own to love that movie anyways. You love KB. I do, as do you. True. Yeah, she's, uh, I mean, literally everything I've ever seen her in, I, I love her in. So she just, she just seems cool. I, I'll probably, will continue to love everything she's in. 
Um, but she's actually not the reason I love the movie as much as I do. Okay. So what do you like about the movie? Um, I There was a few things, actually. I thought it's a story of a nice guy getting dumped by the mean girl, and you're kind of pulling for the guy. And that's kind of seems to me of the ones I've seen, that seems a little bit backwards. It's usually, you know, the, the, nice, the nice girl um, being treated like garbage by a real douchebag guy. That's true. Rom-coms generally have the female as the star. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting, I guess. Um, it also, it kind of, it gave me scenes something different than the totally predictable sequence of events. And what I mean by that is like a rom-com kind of follows a, a pretty predictable script for the most part. And I felt like there was, there was a lot of times in the movie where you thought you knew what the next scene was going to be, and it didn't always follow that exactly. Do you have an example? You know, I found the secondary love story, which I guess is kind of the primary love story of the movie, was, wasn't was built around, um, you know, trying to steal somebody's wife or girlfriend or husband or boyfriend or something. It was more like, you know, he had already broken up. So it wasn't this where you're supposed to get behind this relationship, but basically it's a homewrecker as a beginning. And so the secondary love story kind of begins when, when um, Jason Siegel finds himself at this hotel in Hawaii and his ex and her new boyfriend, who she was technically cheating with him. Now you've got these three people in a really awkward situation at the same hotel. And, uh, and you know, this clerk at the hotel, played by Mila Kunis, you know, feels sorry for him and this situation. And, and they strike up a little bit of a friendship, which, of course... It's a rom-com, so that turns into a little more. Um, but I like that their relationship didn't start from, uh, you know, trying to steal somebody out of another relationship kind of thing, which is fairly typical in those movies. Because I always find it awkward. You're supposed to cheer for people to kind of break up somebody else's relationship. I just find that a weird thing in movies that, oh, look how romantic it is that you're trying to, you know, go behind somebody's back and, and steal somebody's girlfriend or boyfriend away from them. Even though... Most of the time they're in crappy relationships or whatever, but I just like, I, I've always been someone who like, you know, if you're, if someone's in a relationship, even if it's a terrible one, you get, you don't stick your nose in there. Right. Right. And that's so. a really common rom-com trope, right? Yeah. So the boring couple. So there's a person who's established this long love and they're about to get married or something like that. And then all of a sudden there's a new spark that kind of gets their interest. And the love story is actually not between this long-standing, steady couple. But the new spark. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate that trope. Yeah, I, that's not my favorite. I, I always feel weird cheering for someone in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like you're cheering for someone to basically cheat, like make somebody cheat on their... Or not even cheating. Like if, even if they break up, they're breaking up this relationship that you'd think they put time and years right. into and invested in. And all of a sudden, the snap of a finger, they choose someone new. It's the kind of behavior that when you see it in person and people you know, you know that... That person at work that you know does this kind of stuff, and you're like, oh god, I can't believe this person! Like, what a jerk! <laughs> and then you're supposed to be cheering for it, right? In the movie, it's I, I've always found that kind of strange. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was actually funny, even right from near the beginning of the movie, where Jason Siegel's getting broken up with, and while he's just standing there, buck naked, and then there's a big dong shot in that, which <laughs> I, I don't love i mean it is what it is it's not it's not my wheelhouse i'm not i'm not here for that right whereas usually it's always um you know 
some gratuitous scene of the woman naked. Yes. And and this was like, a, there was a shock value because I think it's not a lot of movies that did that. Like a full out dong shot right, right. there. And you're like, wow, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and the so. dong shot is one thing. But one thing that I appreciate about that scene is the sound when he's flapping it back and forth. <laughs> you can hear it going... <laughs> wow, you! I did not remember that. You really, you really locked that one in. Yeah, it's it's burned into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. We've seen it a few times. We have, and is it on your list? It's not. No, what? it's not on my list. <laughs> oh my! Well, what is on your list then? My first pick is Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Oh come on! Don't give me that oh. face. <laughs> oh man. I was in high school when Pretty Woman came out and Julia Roberts was like the new big thing. Mm -hmm. And I loved her so much. I loved how she laughed and I loved the joy that she brought into every scene and how sure of herself she was. She was in this profession. She was a sex worker who gets picked up by this rich dude on Hollywood Boulevard and he pays her, I think, like $4,000 for the week. And... It didn't matter that she was a sex worker. She was in full control of who she is and people tried to degrade her. And like you could see it, she wore it really well, but you could see that it cut her a bit like when people would say shitty things about her. But she just brought such joy into every scene. Like just think of Julia Roberts in a bubble bath singing Prince, right? Like (laughs) iconic. There are so many iconic scenes in this movie. And when I was in high school... I probably rented the the video, the VHS, because I'm that old. Wow. Every weekend. I saw that movie, probably even still now. That's my most viewed movie in my life. I've seen it so many times, I could probably recite it still word for word. It's your Shawshank redemption. <laughs> I think I've probably seen it more than you've seen Shawshank. Probably, yeah. Pretty Woman. <laughs> Pretty Woman was, yeah, it's one of my favorite romantic comedies for sure. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie, but I, yeah, it is quite iconic, actually. And, you know, my biggest memories of that movie, actually, is Julie Roberts, like the, the humongous hair. Yeah. The massive amount of hair and the massive smile. The smile. Like, the smile that takes up two-thirds of her face. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> and, like, when you, she's just one of those people, when, you, when, you, when she does a scene that, where she's looking happy and having fun, it's, like, quite, quite difficult to tear your eyes away from yeah. it. Yeah. Like, so she's just, it's a rare person that has that physical quality to be able to do that. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And like that movie itself, there are probably, gosh, four or five different outfits that she wears in that movie that any person today could wear as a Halloween costume and everyone would know what it was from. True. Right? Yeah. Like there are so many great outfits. I love that both of these people come from very different backgrounds and they're both carrying you know, some some serious emotional baggage with them and they help each other grow, right? It's not just sort of him lifting her out of the gutter into this life of rich. She helps him come through emotionally and be a bit more emotionally op- open and vulnerable, which was really lovely to see. True, yeah. I mean, there is also, though, um, a bit of that, the, the white knight kind of thing. Totally, there, like, yeah. I, that I don't love. I mean, especially the whole, like, at the end of the movie where he's like through the limousine roof and he's pulling up like, oh, I'm going to save you. Like, oh God. Right. Oh, that's but, an eye roll, but maybe it's an eye roll for me because it's Richard Gere and I can't stand That's Richard true. Gere, but. The way that I see it is that if he hadn't had her, right, to help him 
become more emotionally available, he wouldn't have been able to do that because he never accepted a relationship. He wouldn't commit to anyone. So this was sort of an evidence of how he was grown as well. So that's, that's sort of my, my first rom-com love, we'll say. Mm. And you have a second? You want me to do, you want me to go again? Sure. I don't know <laughs> if I have a second. I have like a couple others written down here, but I don't even know why I like them, but <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'll go again. Sure. Uh, because this next movie I also love very much, even though I haven't seen it in a long time and I don't know if it would hold up. Honestly, there were problems with it even back then. So let's see. I'm just going to go into it. Okay. Chasing Amy. I, I'm sure I must have seen that with you. I don't but I know if you've seen it with me. Much about it. That's who's in that. Your favorite, Ben Affleck. Oh, is in it. <laughs> Good lord! It was written and directed by Kevin Smith. Um, it was uh, in 1997, so I was in my early 20s. Oh, people are doing math now. <laughs> That's fine. I'm 45, so. (laughs) Um, But for me, Chasing Amy came out at a time, uh, for those of you who don't know, for you, honey, who may not remember, it's about two comic book guys. Um, They're kind of bro-y, a little douchey. Oh, sounds like your kind of movie, for sure. Not super, super my favorite. Um, And one of them, Ben Affleck, falls in love with a lesbian. As you do. I mean, sure. (laughs) And so this is where it's kind of problematic because he has this idea of, well, if it's just the right guy, right? Oh, I'm going to turn you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. All she needs is the right guy. And they start a relationship and um, it becomes very messy and very complicated. There are very ugly parts in it. Like it gets very slut shamey and there is the whole, I can turn her right? She's not a real lesbian. Mm -hmm. And you hear it from her lesbian friends as well in the movie, like, oh no, we lost another one, that kind of thing. But for me, as a young 20-something who was coming to grips with my own queerness at the time, it was the first time I had seen a woman, a queer woman in a movie, in a love story. And I really, it resonated with me, not in a way of, oh my God, I'm a lesbian, but because I was bisexual, it was... Sort of a, okay, this is something that could happen. One thing that bothered me at the time, and it still kind of bothers me now, is there was never any discussion about bisexuality in the movie. It was, she's a lesbian who's now sleeping with a guy. Right. Well, that's, you know, but they never ever talked about it. So they made, they forced that binary. Right. But for me, it was like, oh my God, there's this queer woman and this mm-hmm. is so amazing. And again, she was strong and confident and she knew who she was and she took what she wanted and she liked what she liked and she didn't apologize for it. So for right. me, that was a bit inspirational to see that represented. So kind of not portrayed in the way that you would probably ideally like to see um, as far as the representation, but better than what had been historically out there, right? So it's Which a was step. nothing. <laughs> It's a step, yeah. <laughs> and for me, in my early 20s, it meant a lot to me. And that's the big so. thing there, right? It's like, you know, it's the same reason why anybody um, needs to see somebody in situations to make it real, right? Like, um, you know, if you're in a, in a 
group and regardless of what it is and you never see representation of yourself in in positive positions or you know shown in positions like in a movie where you know this is kind this is normal this is not weird this is just this is just life whereas most movies historically just forget about all that and they're all made for straight white people for the most part right exactly and everything else is completely weird so at least i i like movies now that show a different side than that right and that there is you know there's a whole world of different people out there and um we don't need to make movies just strictly um to not hurt the feelings of of certain people who get pissed off to see a gay couple on film and stuff like that right yeah like whatever I'm, i'm happy that people actually make Films that that encompass our entire society now. Exactly. And I think rom-coms is sort of one of those things. It's, I don't know if it would be a trope in rom-coms, but like it's always straight, cis, mostly white people. And that's your rom-com. You have a hetero couple, they're white, they're beautiful, they're thin, they're wealthy, and that's your rom com. And usually, there's a token uh, somebody who isn't a white person. <laughs> a that's sassy the friend. Comic relief or... <laughs> and I mean, if you think of the big splash that Crazy Rich Asians made, it was huge. It was just a rom com in the basic sense of the word. That's all it was. Yeah. But to see a group of people that aren't usually represented on screen was huge, and, and it was movie, lovely. That movie lost literally nothing. <laughs> exactly. To me, in my mind, from having um you know all the stars be asian yeah like, it literally didn't lose a damn thing of so like, and if it helps somebody else like what's what's the matter with that I, I don't i don't understand why it would even be a big deal to somebody if if a movie focuses on somebody other than somebody that looks exactly like you <laughs> imagine that makes no sense <laughs> imagine there are other types of people in the world so what's next on your list so this was uh this is my wild card one the the wedding singer Oh, which is okay. weird because it's got Adam Sandler in it, who is a train wreck, as right. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, like, not but, a favorite. Uh, was in his short amount of time where I found him funny, and and I did find him funny in that movie. Um, and Drew Barrymore, for whatever reason, I I just really like always her in that great. Movie. She's perfect. Yeah, uh, and I just thought it was it was funny. It had some good musical bits in it that were funny. It had a little bit of shock value, but also a lot of the the retro stuff that I like in movies too. Right, it's like the eighties kids. Kind of, yeah, you're pulling from a from a time frame that I'm pretty familiar with, so, which is kind of <laughs> cool as well. Afro mullets. Yeah, I've seen the high school picture. Again, not sure how that would hold up, but mostly I just like the mullets. <laughs> so really, you just like the look of it. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Let me think about The Wedding Singer. Gosh, I'm going to guess because it was Adam Sandler. It probably doesn't hold up very well. Like, I know that there's a trans character that they treat not great. She's very much a joke, a sight gag. I'm going to guess it doesn't hold up well if we were to watch it again. Oh, I I almost guarantee it does not (laughs) hold up well. And I honestly, I tried to remember when thinking about this, uh, you know, what is it I liked about him? Can I remember a bunch of specific scenes? And there was... I'm sure there's like a bunch of, you know, humor that you would find cringeworthy now, but other parts that were funny. And so it's kind of like comedy historically has has been, right? You know, a lot of kind of punching down. Right. Um, which at one point in your life, you didn't identify as something that sucks. Yeah. Well, we didn't. We yeah. thought it was funny at that well, time. Well, yeah, the people it's happening to, I'm sure, always have identified that. Mm-hmm. But some of us have to evolve and get out of those mindsets. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and again, it was 
Adam Sandler at the height of his popularity yeah. you know, or in that in that range at least anyway. And again, Drew Barrymore is perfect. Yeah, and that's I, she was my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> Um, and then the other movie I had was... Oh, hold on. I have one thing to talk to say about The Wedding Singer before you move on. Okay, hit me. <laughs> the Wedding Singer goes... There's another romantic comedy. Sorry, rom-com, as the kids say. Rom-com, that's right. Uh, another trope that they take even one step further. So an, a big trope in romantic comedies is the running through the airport declaration of love, right? Right. So they do this, but they take it a step further and they're actually on the plane. And I have to admit, the one thing that I love about The Wedding Singer is that last song that he sings to her over the plane uh, intercom, which is I Want to Grow Old With You. Totally. That's 90% of the movie's awesomeness right It's so there. great. I love that song. Yeah. Now I need to go find, uh, find it on Spotify and listen to it again. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. Your next pick. <laughs> yeah. And the other one that, that came to mind that I remember enjoying, and I, I'm honestly, I'm scared to death to try and watch it again and see how shitty it is now. Uh-oh. Four Weddings and a Funeral. I don't even know if I've seen that movie. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, I, I, Tell me about it. What's it about? The gist of it is that these these two people keep meeting at these different events over their life and getting together. And, you know, there's this thing where they you feel like they should be together, but there's always, it's never the right timing. And right. all these other things happen, you know. They meet once. They, they have a one-night stand. And then she goes from England back to America. And she's gone. And then they're thinking about each other for all this time. And then they see them each other again. But she's got a boyfriend or husband or something. And then over the, over the length of the movie, it's like they, they keep showing us four weddings and a funeral, right? So they obviously get together five times. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's my quick math there. Um, and then eventually they, they do get together in the end, but there's just a whole bunch of where scenes where you're pulling for them. Like, why, why are they not making this happen? I don't understand right. what the hell is the problem here. Like, you obviously are super into each other. What is the problem? But, um, you know, again, it's it seems to be I only pick stuff where it's people at the height of their popularity, and that was a Hugh Grant one. Right, Hugh Grant. Um, Is that the movie that kind of made Hugh Grant Hugh Grant? Uh, the stumbling, if, bumbling, romantic lead? If it's not, it's in the, you know, couple movies that, that he's best known for. I right. Think. Yeah, and he was really, you know, he's the charming British man. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I just found it, like, I like English movies anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, again, it had some weird, awkward humor in it. And, um, and then the, the different storyline of these people just keep seeing each other year after year after year. And it's not like they live in the same city and see each other on a daily basis. It's just these, um, occurrences right after, you know, months or years apart, they'll see each other again and they, they just pick up just, just like that. Like right where they left off the instantly, huh. you can see the. That kind of connection again right away? Well, we might have to watch that then. Maybe we will. <laughs> we'll see how it holds up. Yeah, probably terribly. Well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> probably like most of them, honestly. Most rom-coms probably hold up horribly, horribly bad. A lot, And the yeah. older it is, the worse. <laughs> I was a little nervous, I'll say, picking this topic. Because like there are, there are movies like Pretty Woman that are etched in the lines of my heart. Like, I love that movie. But... It's always so fraught because a lot of things don't hold up well. And like we've talked about, rom-coms often don't age well. Right. So I was a little nervous picking this topic because, oh my God, what if I say something and one of my problematic faves kind of thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because you, uh, once, you, once you start doing the analyzation on this stuff, you, your whole library could be gone. You it's know? true. Yeah. Well, my third pick, some 
would probably consider it a problematic fave. Okay. And I love it anyway. It's one of my bad feminist moments. It's my love of this movie, which also stars Hugh Grant. Oh, and what is it? Bridget Jones's Diary. Uh, I knew you were going to pick that one (laughs) at some point. So Bridget Jones's Diary is tells the story of sort of an every woman is what I'll call her. She's awkward and chubby. Well, I mean, Hollywood chubby. Oh, yeah. Hollywood chubby, yeah. Which means still skinnier than most of us. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And she's super awkward and she always says weird things and she's kind of strange and... But that's what I love about her. She's very vulnerable and she's very open. It doesn't hold up well in like the calorie counting and the constant fat shaming. And there's some sexual harassment in her workplace. And like there, there are certainly ways that it does not hold up well. It's pretty problematic. But I love the fact that she's so vulnerable. Like she knows she's weird and she just kind of leans into it. And she knows that she's not perfect. And she kind of settles, again, for that jerky guy who is Hugh Grant, her boss at work. And he treats her kind of like trash and he cheats on her. And then ultimately she snags the wonderful Colin Firth who, when you and I first started dating, I told you you kind of looked like him. Oh, so that's why we're together. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't hurt. But the end scene of Bridget Jones, to jog your memory if you don't remember, she's getting changed. She finally snags Mark Darcy and she's getting changed into something sexy and he finds her diary. And so you see him close the diary and walk out and she comes out and she's like half naked and he's gone and she goes running through the streets in her underwear and it's snowing and she's calling for him and looking for him and he comes out of this shop And he's bought her a new diary because her diary was filled. So he thought that she could start fresh. And he takes her in his coat and covers her up because it's snowing and it's cold and she's in her underwear. And he tells her, you're perfect just the way you are. And that scene, as you can tell, still makes me cry. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. I've seen it so many times and it's so fluffy and, you know, very... um, thematic and you know it's just sort of the big grand gesture but it just makes me cry because she's so weird and she's so awkward (laughs) and she's not the kind of heroine that you normally see in these kind of rom-coms right and to this wonderful man who to her is like the best of the best which i mean colin firth to a lot of women is the best of the best he's pretty great um but he thinks that this weird chubby strange woman is perfect just the way that she is. And that's always sort of a speak to me because I've always wanted someone to think that of this weird, chubby, awkward woman. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I love it because it just reminds me of the two of us. There you go. Well, that's a great reason to like a movie. (laughs) You know, some of the things that I've noticed in these movies, like, you know, talk about the common tropes in these movies, right? One of the things that stands out to me is and, and a guy will learn from watching these is that <laughs> if a woman doesn't like you immediately, you just need to try harder and use trickery and deception to win her over. Right. Because these things, that's all, that's how that works. Exactly. Pursue, 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 and don't yeah. take no for an answer. Yes. And also deception, the deception things. Like, exactly. For real, this, this works. This, how is that an endearing thing? <sighs> Rom-coms are so problematic for that. Mm-hmm. And also there's usually a dude in there who's kind of an asshole who at the end is always revealed to have this heart of gold. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No. No, I don't think so. Trust who they are. So. 
People don't change that quickly. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that bothers me about rom-coms is there's always this trope of if you're fighting a lot, if you're always angry at each other, that means chemistry. It's passion. <laughs> or sometimes it's just a combative jerk. <laughs> exactly. If you're fighting all the time, that's not healthy. And also jo- uh, gi- gigantic romantic gestures make up for years or decades of <laughs> shittiness as a person. You just have to do one big thing. And the shittier person you are, the, the bigger, bigger the, the gesture you need to make. <laughs> yep. And then, of course, the woman always has this grand, oh, my God, she's actually hot when she takes off her glasses. Oh, that's, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's why I, I insist uh, that you don't take off your glasses too often around me because I just can't control myself. <laughs> it's like a wait, trigger. wait. Taking them off. Taking them off right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do we need to press pause? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we are I'll, definitely not leaving it recording. I'll put them back on. I need to okay. read my notes. So cool down. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it's also impossible for men and women to be friends. Right? They can't be friends. They, they can't must, be friends. They must want to do it. There always has to be an underlying sexual tension, mm-hmm. which I'm really glad that that's only in the movies because... You have a lot of female friends. That's true. And I've always managed to not try and have sex with any, all of them. I'm or any so of them. glad for that. Yeah. <laughs> also, did you, did you ever happen to notice that every single person's New York apartment is A, bigger than ours. Right. B, spotless all the time. Oh, and yeah. see, there's always something really good to eat in the damn fridge at a moment's <laughs> notice. What the hell kind of bizarre world is this? It's ridiculous. Yeah. And also, the romance of kissing in the rain. Oh, that's all. That's horrible. Is it even kissing if there's a full sun? No, no. Does it even count? It doesn't count at all. No. (laughs) It's like it never happened. Yeah. I don't want to stand in the rain. That's why you go inside. To be fair, when we were first dating, we did some kissing in the rain. Okay. Well, that's it for us on this uh, inaugural episode of season two. Woo, woo. Woo, woo, woo. Well, what do you think? What's your favorite rom-com? You can find us on Twitter at love underscore uncovered. You can find Robin on Twitter at Medusa Beth, and you can find me at Bacon Hound. We'd love to hear from you. Some of your thoughts on what you like, what you don't like, some tropes that we might have missed. How much you loved Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. You know, I can't believe we went this whole podcast without listing a single Meg Ryan or Sandra Bullock movie. Oh, yeah. Sleepless in Seattle, I thought might have been one of yours, honestly. No, I never really cared for it. Yeah. Our theme song is by Our Good Wolf, and you can hear more from them at ourgoodwolf.bandcamp.com. And if you like what we do, you can subscribe to Love Uncovered anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, and we'd appreciate it if you shared the love and left a review because that really helps others find us. So that's it from us on our first episode of the second season. Until next time. Oh, and and babe. Yeah. Like, I'm no Colin Firth, but, but you're perfect just the way you are. Oh. Let us know. You can find us on Twitter at love underscore under. You can find us on Twitter at love underscore. I can't say it. It's brutal. You can find us on Twitter at love underscore undercover. <laughs> what is the problem? Good Lord. <laughs>